Good morning. I greet you in the, oh, I'm not supposed to evoke you that way, am I? Now, pretend and say that again as if you're whispering in the room of a sleeping baby. Got it. Friends, I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ on this day where we make sure that nothing stops us from gathering with our hearts and our souls and our minds and remembering who is center of our lives as we encourage each other on this day. One of the ways in which we do this is through our Connect card that you can connect to uh, if you are watching from your lovely home or wherever you happen to be. Our presence can be registered, our way in which life uh, allows us to be accountable in a good and healthy way. As the family, uh, we take a few minutes to remember how we are engaged in some specific work. The first thing that I'd like to remind you is that our prayer walls are still outside. You'll find one at the regular entrance in front of the old signboard. I like how people say that. They always pause and say, old. And I'm going, yeah, that's me. You also find one at the young sideboard where the ELC enters our children, uh, and it is just so much fun to have our children um, a, a part of our lives again. And then, because we fundamentally know we are people of prayer, down by the prayer labyrinth. Bring your Sharpie, write a prayer, and what I'd like to, to do, to think about, is for every time you lamented that you couldn't come and worship in church, I want you to see how many times you can get to a prayer wall and write a prayer. And so what we do is we take these little stitches and we bring healing to our hearts because the message of the good news must happen. Amen? The United Methodist Women will be having a retreat, and you'll see that on our slides. It's for your renewal and refreshment, and Pastor Jennifer will be facilitating that. I, I just think that could be more fun than anything. Go, girl. Um, the other thing that we'd like to remind you is that because of our need to prepare physical space for all the people, when it comes to the conclusion of our service, if you would, at the direction of our ushers slash shepherds, would exit appropriately and with efficiency, that way we can keep ourselves safe and ready to go on to the next. I understand that it's really tempting. And as I said earlier, I am one of the biggest offenders because I want to talk to you. But that day will come. Right now, we're going to make sure we have that day in the future. Um, I, I offered the word that in this season of absten abstinence, we can be more encouraged for the season when we are able. Friends, this is a time for us to allow our souls to stretch open and stretch up as we welcome the gift of music to take us.
Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles. Praise the Lord. ours to delight in, that nothing stops us and we can come together. May our prayer of our heart and the words of lips encourage us ever in God's presence. O God of second chances, you are always there for us. In the midst of our grumbling, our confusion, our sorrow, we yearn to find the strength of our conviction, the conviction of your presence in the midst of these moments. 
In the course of our struggles, we long to soldier humbly on, forsaking positions of superiority and self-focus. We want to work gladly in your vineyard without the thought of reward, without the thought of acknowledgement. Renew us in your compassion and grace, that our eyes may be open to your presence, our minds may be filled with the very mind of Christ. For we are people who have heard the good news. No matter who we might be, or what we might have done, Christ welcomes us into God's kingdom with open arms. And when we open our hearts, and when we open our lives to Christ, forgiveness is not a word, but an experience shared. And so, we are willing as children are able to pray the prayer that Jesus teaches. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Hear now these words of grace offered to us from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same thing. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around and said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I chose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. May God add a blessing upon the reading of this word. Let's pray. Oh God, just as you come to us over and over and over again, we return ourselves to you and we ask that you open our hearts and our minds to hear your message for us today. Amen. I'd like for you to meet Benzie. This handsome, stately fellow is a three-year-old Korean hunting dog. He came to be a part of the Casey family two days after he turned one year old. Now, just in case you're interested, Benzie's hobbies include taking long walks with his mom, obsessive squirrel hunting, and finding the darkest piece of furniture in the house to lie upon so that he can gift us a pile of his white fur. Benzie is also gifted in scaling five-foot privacy fences, taking up an entire king-sized bed, and spotting bunnies from a mile away. Now, he has some growing edges as well, and these include things like his inability to manage his anxiety, running away from humans when they cry, and a serious lack of impulse control as exhibited when he lunges towards a squirrel while leashed on one of his walks. Benzie is hilarious, he is curious, and he is loved deeply by his family. 
early in the pandemic, Benzie and I began walking a lot for a long period of time. And it's been on our walks that I've gotten to know Gehanna better by exploring some new paths and experiencing life differently. The more we walked, the more I began to observe Benzie. Watching him and the ways that he interacts with the world has taught me a lot about life, about love, about God. So today, Benzie and I thought it would be fun for us to take a walk together. You are invited to accompany us as we journey through today's scripture. So go ahead, put on your weather-appropriate gear. It's a touch chilly outside this morning. And then grab whatever it is you use to move throughout this world. Maybe it's your tennis shoes, or a cane, or a walker, or a wheelchair. Whatever it may be, go grab it, because the terrain we are traveling on is accessible for all. As I was preparing for today's sermon, many commentators related this parable to the economy. And this makes sense. Jesus uses work, productivity, and income as the foundational components to this story. Jesus, after all, knew how to get people to listen. Start talking about our money and people sit up straighter and pay attention. The rich, the poor, and all of those in between. Now, commentators encouraged us preachers to explore the scripture through the lens of economic disparity or God's economy or what is fair or unfair. This parable is rich with wisdom and insight, and there is so much that we could explore here today. Now, perhaps I should have warned you before we started off on our journey together that Benzie and I like adventures. We like to explore, and so rather than taking the path suggested by the commentators, we've decided to veer off into a new direction today. We're gonna do a little bit of exploring. The kingdom of heaven is like. All right, Jesus, you've got our attention. Did you also have the attention of the disciples? Based on what Jesus was responding to, I suspect so. Now, we've been following the lectionary readings from Matthew throughout the summer, and we will continue to do so throughout this fall. The gift is that we get to experience Jesus through Matthew's perspective each week. The downfall? The lectionary doesn't include all of the readings out of the Gospel of Matthew. Between last week's parable of the unforgiving servant and this week's parable of the laborers in the vineyard, we've missed out on Jesus being tested by the Pharisees about divorce. We've missed out on Jesus blessing the children. And we've missed out on a rich man asking Jesus what he needs to do in order to get into heaven. Peter, always being Peter, listens as Jesus responds to the rich man and hears him saying that he needs to give away all of his possessions. And so Peter turns to Jesus and asks, we've given it all away to follow you. What will we have? Jesus answers, the last will be first and the first will be last. And then he follows up with today's parable. 
Peter, if we've given it all up to follow Jesus, what are we going to get in return? We have an expectation that we get something in return when we give something away, don't we? It makes sense. It's the way our society is structured. We give a business our money and we expect a good or a service in return. It's a part of how we function together. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who goes out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. It's really strange that a wealthy landowner would go to the market to do his own hiring. Why didn't he send his manager to do this task? And are you wondering about the laborers like I am? These men would have been day laborers, transient, poor, no land to their name. Survival would have been a serious struggle for them. What did their station in life do to their psyche? How would living under Roman rule shape them? I suspect that anyone who was not able to contribute to society in a way that built Roman power was devalued. Friends, I'm so sorry. We're going to need to pause for a moment. Benzie's found a puddle of water he'd like to explore. There isn't a puddle or any body of water that Benzie won't drink or splash or swim in. Doesn't matter if it's a puddle, a sprinkler, or a pond. Benzie finds the water fun and refreshing and nourishing. You know, Benzie finds joy in places that I simply look past. A puddle? Well, that's just something to avoid. I wouldn't want to get in, step in it and get my feet wet. A sprinkler? Nope. Walk in the street to avoid getting wet. The pond? No, thank you. Scummy and stagnant. While my brain finds all that is wrong, Benzies draws him to the beauty that I simply can't seem to see. All right, Benzie, come on, let's keep moving. This most unusual landowner goes to the market to get laborers for his vineyard. He hires those that are going to be needed for the day. So why did he go back at 9, at noon, at 3, and at 5? Really odd. And we aren't sure why. We don't have enough information to understand his motivation. So we're just going to accept this bizarre hiring process and keep moving. The workers come. They work, and at the end of the day, the landowner sends out his manager to pay all for their efforts. He starts with those who have worked the shortest amount of time, and he works his way up to those who have worked the longest amount of time, and each are paid the exact same wage. And friends, this is where it gets real these perfectly human men begin to grumble. They complain, hey, he didn't work as long as I did. Why is he getting the same pay? This isn't fair. In other words, I gave you something, and I expect that which I redeem to be fair in return. It's perfectly human for us to be focused on the outcome. If we put in the work, Compensation is justified, right? 
glitch, though, is that our perfectly human we have a perfectly human tendency to want to try to control the outcome. And this is not helpful. We can do all the right things, and life still may not turn out as we expected. I have acquaintance with a woman who was diagnosed uh, with breast cancer at age 30. She shares that her diagnosis was a complete shock to her because she was a runner. She ate healthy, and she avoided unhealthy behaviors in her life. So how on earth did she end up with a double mastectomy, chemo, and radiation at age 30? Friends, I am so, so sorry. Benzie has decided to stop again. His continual stops are so frustrated when we only have a certain amount of time to get our walk in. But Benzie has this knack for finding the lushest, greenest grass, and he just can't seem to help himself. Without warning, he will throw his body down on the grass, roll on his back, and thrash about. As irritating as it can be, I always smile. Oftentimes, I laugh out loud. The joy he experiences in those moments is pure, purely infectious. Jesus uses really uncomfortable parables as an invitation for us into deep introspection and reflection. In just one parable, he has drawn attention to members of society who live on the fringes. He has highlighted economic disparity, and he challenges the ways that we think about th things that are just and fair. And in this parable, really in his entire ministry, he focuses on helping the world to wake up, to pay attention, and to open our hearts. Because you know what? Jesus already knew the end result, and he knew it would shake us to our core. It is in this shaking to our core that we would need to release our expectations, our assumptions, and our competition with one another. It is in this shaking that our hearts would soften, our souls would open, and joy in the journey would seep in. You know what else? Jesus also knew we would resist at every step of the way because it means trusting in something so deep that it's difficult to articulate. It means admitting we are scared. It means us releasing control. Come to the edge, he said. We can't, we're afraid, they responded. Come to the edge. They said, we can't, we will fall. Come to the edge. They came. He pushed them, and they flew. In May, my daughter graduated from high school. As I had done when my son graduated in 2018, I posted a brief reflection on my personal Facebook page about what it's meant to be a mom. And I share with you today what I posted in May when Taylor graduated. I titled this, A Note to My Younger Self. Dear Jennifer, 
Parenting is going to teach you so much about life. I wish that you could know your desire for order and control is only going to lead to frustration. You've bought the lie that society sells. Hard work equals success. It's not your fault. This is a message that comes at us from every angle. Your children are gonna teach you that life is much more enjoyable when you can release those unrealistic expectations. Life is not neat and orderly. Hard work does not guarantee success. There's gonna be pain and heartache, loss and failure, and it will hurt. But it will also be filled with the unexpected and the thrilling your kids will be a source of joy and beauty and curiosity. Embrace who they are, divinely created by God and designed to reflect God's image in this world. Your daughter will teach you about humility, about loving those on the margins and about perseverance. She is funny and smart and she is remarkable. Your job is to love and protect her let her be who she is, because anything you could design could not match what God has created. Enjoy the journey, be real, and let your heart feel all that motherhood brings. It's worth it. Trust me, Jennifer. Nothing we could design can match what God has already created. The world is filled with God, and we are invited into a process of discovery and delight in God's goodness. It is in these places where our hearts are transformed from hearts that like to keep score about who gets what to hearts that find pure joy in the ways that God has touched another's life kingdom of heaven? It's like a landowner who went out early in the morning looking for workers. Not once, not twice, not three times, but over and over and over again. The kingdom of heaven is filled with the seen and the unseen, the willing and the unwilling, the joy and the joyless, the complainers and the encouragers, the exploited and the exploiters. The kingdom of heaven is filled with us. The kingdom of heaven is God coming to find us in all places and at all times, no matter what. The kingdom of heaven is God inviting us into life over and over and over again. The kingdom of heaven is resurrection every single day. The kingdom of heaven is a, a continued revealing of beauty, a beauty which exists in our world and in our hearts. The kingdom of heaven is God wanting us to trust and to love and to experience life so deeply that we were sent Jesus to show us how to do this. And that, my friends, is beyond comprehension.
By the time we get to the end of our walks, Benzi is very tired. It's where we will often see him against the couch, feet up in the air, resting and recovering. And as he rests and recovers, I like to think he's giving thanks for the journey that he just experienced. The journey which for him included seeing squirrels and stretching his legs and breathing in the air. We have so much to be thankful for. Ministries that are fueled by your gifts and graces. Resources that God has blessed us with that we get to share with the world. And a God who loves us always, no matter what, through all of life's ups and downs. As you leave today, you are invited to drop your offering of thanksgiving in one of the baskets on the way out. Or you can always go online to stonybrook.church and offer your thanksgiving through our Give um, section of our website. We are so thankful for the ways that all of you support the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church. As we prepare to leave, we are thankful for the ways that you will um, depart from this space as uh, guided by our ushers with efficiency so that we can prepare the church building uh, for the next group of people who will be entering. As we leave today, it is my deepest prayer that you are able to find joy today, joy in your journey that God has gifted you with joy that you will experience today, tomorrow, and in the weeks to come. And may that joy just um, fill your heart and let you guide you on your journey. And so now I leave you with these words from the benediction familiar to all of us. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm, May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go in peace, friends. Amen. Amen.